The book of 1 Samuel chapter number 30. 1 Samuel chapter number 30. What a great day. Starting off prayer, in prayer, believing God to touch these many missionaries and countries. Thank you, Brother Hudson, our prayer coordinator, who's bringing us these requests and prayer. We're believing for revival around the world, praying for Russia and Ukraine, that God's hand will be upon those churches and those people at this time. And I know God is going to minister to them and is doing that. Your prayers make a difference. Your prayers reach outside of this room. Your prayers reach outside of your house. The geographical location of this state. Your prayers make a difference around the world. When you lift up prayer to a God, He is omnipresent, which means He is everywhere at the same time. So whatever time it is in Russia and Ukraine, He's there as well as here. He's the same God, and He's awake, and He's aware, and He's listening, and He knows some stuff. So when you start talking to him, saying, Lord, I put it in your hands. I trust you to do great and miraculous things. God responds to faith prayer. Thank you for praying. Thank you for praying. And those who need a touch of healing in their body, whether they're in the hospital or at home, we're praying for healing for them and deliverance for them and a blessing for them. Amen. And those who may be watching today, we pray that God would touch your life and your family minister to you in a special way god answers prayer amen the book of first samuel chapter number 30 and i want to read verse number six and david was greatly distressed for the people spake of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved every man for his sons and for his daughters but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. I want to preach for the next few moments on this subject. Talk to yourself. Talk to yourself. Somebody said in Jesus' name. You may be seated. Thank you so kindly for your worship and for standing today for the reading of the Word of God. Talk to yourself. Oftentimes we hear, sometimes out loud, and sometimes it's just you kind of pick up on what you're feeling, and it's somebody else talking against us. It's a feeling that when you start trying to have faith, the enemy starts trying to evoke fear. When you try to do good, Paul said evil is present. So there's conversations that may be going on in your house or in your head or in your city or in your state that may be talking against you. And after a while, if you aren't careful, you'll start believing some of that. I, I think I'm safe to say that there, there may be people who aren't here today in the house of God because 
They listened to the wrong person talk. And they didn't take charge of this uncontrolled situation. So they kind of ended up listening to the wrong voice and ended up going in the wrong direction. And the lie that was told, they just kind of overwhelmed the truth that was present. That's what the enemy tries to do. He tries to talk us out of the blessings of God in our life. He'll try to talk you out of getting anything out of this service today. He'll try to talk you out of any faith that's been spoken into your life in the last six weeks. Because the enemy just likes to talk. It's kind of one of his favorite things to do. He just, he just keeps trying. And sometimes our silence leads to listening. There's been times I come to church and somebody said something to me and I, I can't hear what they're saying because of all the worship that's going on. It kind of should be the way it is in our life. If there's enough praise going on and enough worship going on, you really can't quite hear or define what evil is being spoken against you, what lies that the devil is trying to lodge into your memory bank because of all the worship and the praise that's happening around us. Matter of fact, you can literally talk louder than people can speak. Until after a while, you won't hear what they're saying. You'll only know what you're saying. Because you're the one initiating your verbal expression. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter number 30 that David was in a predicament. He's in a situation. He and his 600 mighty warriors, mighty men, had made their way back from battlefields to go back to their own houses. But when they got close to Ziklag, they noticed smoke coming and buildings were burned. And when they got there, there was really not any bloody war to be seen. And these men knew what warfare was and fighting was, but it looked to them like that everybody had just been taken. Everybody had been uh, kidnapped and their families and their livestock and everything of value that they had. Now, whenever they went off to these battles and they fought, they would, they would conquer their enemy and they would spoil their enemy and they'd bring all the spoil back to Ziklag. They'd bring it back to the house where their families could be blessed by what was conquered in the fight. But when they got back, the enemy had come in and had taken all of their families, their children, their wives, all of their material blessings, all that they had fought for, their spoils, all of their animals, their sheep, their gold, their silver, they just took it all. And they left. And whenever these 600 mighty men came in, and they saw that their families, their sons, their daughters, their spouses were gone, when they saw that their houses were burned, that their spoil was taken, they wept. They were emotional. They were hurt. They were, they were at great loss. 
As a matter of fact, it, it, it got so harsh and they looked at everything they, their hands had built and all that their heart had loved and all that their future had depended on was gone, taken away from them and thinking that there's no way we're going to get this back. After all we've done, there's no way this is going to happen. They're already tired from fighting the battles before they got home. And now there's battles at home that they just are depleted. This just sucked the rest of the energy out of them. And when you get to that state of emotional and physical depletion, you start creating an emotion of blame. Somebody is going to pay for this. Just, just the get up and go has got up and went. And all you have left is your human nature to accuse somebody of doing this. So the finger pointing started and the accusations began to fly because people were grieved and they were hurting and they were lost with their families being gone and they were just absolutely devastated and they were physically and emotionally tired. So the Bible says they spoke of stoning David. You're the one. You're the leader. You led us here. We've come back with great loss and you're the one. We're going to kill you. David, you're going to die over this. This will be your last battle. It's going to be right here and we're going to kill you. We're going to destroy you. Now, I just tell you, I, I know all of us have the ability to, to overcome some things, but when everybody around you, when it seems like everybody around you that you've been working with, that you're connected with, that you've slipped out under the stars and fought battles with, that you've helped up and helped through, and all of a sudden now, all of these who have been together now are coming against him. Bible says he was very distressed. He was distraught. He was discouraged. The news was not good. We're going to stone you. You're going to fill every rock that lands on you. We're not going to cut your head off until you're dead. We're going to throw rocks at you until you're unconscious. I mean, it was very visual what they were about to do to him. But in this process of doing this and hearing these words and seeing these people, I mean, you can see their anger. You can see their emotion. You can tell that this is not just some, you know, lighthearted, disparaging uh, outcry. This is something that's about these guys know how to take a life. These brothers know how to kill. They're, they're willing to lay down their own life. They're mighty men. The Bible says David was discouraged. Now, I don't know if I'm preaching to any discouraged people here today. Maybe some distressed people here today. Maybe some people who thought you've been doing the best you could do and all of a sudden everything's against you. You've been trying to do what's right and all of a sudden you're faced with what's wrong. 
You've been trying to overcome and you thought you were doing a pretty good job and you thought you were bringing stuff home and you thought you were helping people around you and you thought you were doing a pretty good job and now everything is against you rather than for you. What had been with you now wants to execute you. I don't know if you've ever understood that before, but it's, it's, quite, a, it's quite an anomaly of all of a sudden feeling like everything's good and one phone call you feel like everything's bad. Just, just everything's going good this week and next week everything starts turning upside down. Well, I'll, I'll preach to the five people who are listening here today. Just maybe write a note or two down because you might share it with somebody later down the road that needs this message. If you keep listening, how will you end up? That's a good question to ask. If you continue to watch people respond to your own life in a negative light, how long can you take that? If you keep seeing things around you that is negative, how long can you just keep identifying that everything's gonna be positive? You look at the world that's happening. You look at the problems that are happening. You look at the people that are struggling. You know, there's a lot of things been happening in the last three years. A lot of things been going on the last 12 months the last 12 days. A lot of things been happening in the world, in families, in situations, crisis that come and heartache that comes and unexpected things that come. And all of a sudden you find yourself in a, in a predicament. Am I going to keep listening or what am I going to do? Now, I really don't, I really don't encourage the life of instability. I, I, try, to, I try to encourage people, to, you know, sometimes you just got to, you know, wash your clothes, wash your face, comb your hair, and smile when you don't feel like it. I mean, that's kind of my encouragement and philosophy that sometimes you got to get up and go when you don't feel like getting up and go. Sometimes you got to just do things that you don't feel like. David is in a situation where he's having to dig deep into what do I do now that it seems like there's so many voices that's coming against me. You're not going to live through this. You're not going to overcome this. Your family's not going to make it through this. Your marriage is not going to survive this. Your bank account's not going to make it through this. You're not good. Your job is in jeopardy. Your family's in jeopardy. Your relationship's in jeopardy. Your health's in jeopardy. There's all kind of voices. All of a sudden, you thought things were good, but now things are just piercing you. And we have a decision to make. How long will we listen to the things that are being said that jeopardize our life? Until all of a sudden the Bible says that David somehow gathered something down deep. I, I don't know if he got to thinking about the days that he was on the backside watching sheep and there came out, you know, a lion and, and there came out a bear. And there came, I don't know if he's gathering information from feeling like he's walking down that, that old dusty path and he hears that giant come out and roar against him and he runs over there saying, what is going on here? Everybody's afraid. Everybody's hiding. His brothers are ridiculing the king somewhere hid and he's the one that says, I, you know what? Give me what I know works and I'm going to fight the biggest thing that's trying to destroy everybody. And while there's people on the sidelines saying, you go home and you feed the sheep, there's something in David that's saying, I'm tired of feeding the sheep. I'm going to go fight the enemy. The giant has roared long enough. 
I don't know if he just starts picking up some of those things in his past. I'd like to preach to some people here today that no matter what you go through sometimes in your life, you got to go back to some victories that you had. One night when you had a migraine headache and you just got to praying and God moved it out. When your children were sick with fever and you laid your hand on them at 2 o'clock in the morning and God moved it out. Somewhere in your life when you don't know how you was going to pay the bill but God provided where no man could provide God provided sometimes you got to reach back in some victories and you got to say the devil is a lie I've already seen him do some things I've already watched him heal I've already watched him deliver I've already watched him set free I've already watched him heal the body and change a diagnosis if he did it then he can do it now Some victories. Just counting on some victories. Just So I've decided. I know you may think I'm kind of crazy. But when the enemy is coming against me like a flood, I'm going to start talking. <laughs> you might think I'm crazy, but I'm going to start talking. I know what God, I'm going to be walking around mumbling stuff, you know. I'm the guy walking down the street saying, God, God did it before, he's going to do it again. I'm the guy that's going to be walking around saying, he did it for them, he can do it for me. I'm going I'm to start talking out loud and say, now where are you, God? I'm here out here by myself and I need you to come on down where I'm at. I know the smoke is boiling. I know the houses are falling over. I know the families are gone. I know the spoils are all gone. But right now, I need you to talk to me. Right now, I need you to speak to me. Right now, I need you to turn this situation around. I come to preach to somebody. It's time to talk to yourself. You're waiting on 14 people to call you and they're scared to call you because they're afraid they're going to disturb you. You're waiting on a friend to say something but they're not sure what to say so they're just silent. Sometimes you got to get up on your own two feet and say, hold on a minute. God has already given me this territory. God helped me build these houses. God provided all these blessings. God gave us our families. God gave us everything we got. Now I've got to talk to myself. I'm going to say to myself, self, get up. I'm going to say to myself, get up and get on your knees and pray for a while. I'm going to say to myself, get up, self. Get that Bible open and read that word because that book works every time. I got to talk to myself. Ain't none of y'all saying nothing. You on the job. You asleep and I'm disturbed. I got to say, self, you got to get up. And you got to wash your face. And you got to comb your hair. And you got to put a smile on. And you got to get out of this house. And you got to meet the public. 
Self, I'm not going to sit here and be discouraged. Self, I'm not going to sit here and stay distressed. Best thing some of y'all can do is get up and clean up and go to Walmart and just walk around smile at everybody you see. Because the whole world is at Walmart. You're going to see somebody you know at Walmart. Just go in there and smile. How you doing? I'm doing great. You say unto yourself, I'm doing great. The devil's trying to tell you, you're going down. There's trouble in your house. There's trouble in your family. I know where I'm at right now, so y'all just y'all hang in there. God is just trying to help somebody understand it's If you lift your voice, I'll lift you. It may be a whisper, but lift it. It may be a small hand clap, but give it. It may be a feeble hand wave, but give it. God is saying, if you lift me, I'll lift you. If you'll bless me, I'll bless you. If you'll come to me, I'll come to you. Somehow, we've got to start talking to ourselves and saying, I'm not always going to be here. I'm not going to live in defeat. I'm not going to live in discouragement. I'm not going to live in despondency. I've decided I'm going to rise because God... God is on my side. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, when I start talking to God and I start talking to myself, the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard, a barrier between me and my adversary. (laughs) David got the linen ephod. He got, he, got the, he got what he had had that the priest wore. He carried it with him. He called the priest and said, let me have that ephod. And he got a hold of that spiritual garment. And he said, Lord, what do I do? Do I just lay down here and die? Or can I go forward? And the Lord said, get up. Get your men together. And I'm going to take you to where you're supposed to be and you're going to recover all. Not some, but all. And he went and he recovered all. He got his wives back. He got his kids back. He got his goods back. And you know what? The enemy that had come and stolen what he had had been fighting and stealing other stuff from other places. And whenever David defeated them, he got all of his stuff back plus whatever they had before they got his stuff. Does this make any sense to anybody? He went and got it. He brought it back and had plenty to build houses. Vessels, gold, silver, animals, milk cows, milk goats, horses, 
Camels, short range, long range traveling abilities. Everything he needed, he got it back plus some. But he was, it wasn't long ago, he was in a dire strait. He was greatly distressed. Matter of fact, if this is your assignment, go home and read 1 Chronicles chapter 18. That's your assignment. It's kind of a it's kind of an information format. It's just laid out of all that David won in battles. David smote the king of Zobah and established his dominion by the river Euphrates. David took from that king of Zobah a thousand chariots, seven thousand horsemen, and twenty thousand footmen. I'm just skipping through here. Verse 7, David took the shields of gold that were on the servants of that king and brought them to Jerusalem and dedicated them to God. The Bible says other kings became afraid of him and started sending messengers with gifts. They brought all manners of vessels of gold. This is verse number 10. Vessels of gold, of silver, and of brass. And they brought them to David, and he dedicated them to the Lord. From all over the nations, from Edom and Moab, from the children of Ammon, from the Philistines, and from Amalek, he brought it all. And the Lord preserved David whithersoever he went. But when David was in distress, he wasn't a king yet. He was the servant of Saul. And he was just claiming the blessings and the promises of God. But he had to talk to himself to get him out of the mess he was in. The Bible says there was time that he even won shields of gold. I mean literal battlefield shields that was made of pure gold. And when they fought the enemy, they defeated the enemy and took the shields of gold. That's a lot of gold. That's some heavy stuff. But if he would have stayed in the predicament he was in, if he would not have encouraged himself in the Lord, he would not have seen the victories of God. I love the groups that we do, and I, I, love, I love everybody that's connecting with somebody. I love everybody that's doing something, but I want to tell you something. Sometimes nobody's going to call you. Nobody's going to shake your hand. Nobody's going to put their arm around your neck. No, at the, you're looking for something at the right time, and it's not coming, and you're in a place where you're just going to have to decide. If nobody calls or nobody comes by or nobody says nothing, I've got to decide today. I'm going to get up from where I'm at, and I'm going to talk to God. I'm going to talk to myself. I'm going to get myself out of this predicament. I'm going to posture myself in a place where God can do whatever God wants to do. Now, I would like to preach just for the next five minutes on a revival of restored faith. B. 
because the scripture says in the New Testament in the book of John chapter number 20 that Jesus after his resurrection appeared to the disciples and they touched his hands and his side but Thomas was not there but eight days later no matter what the disciples tried to tell Thomas we know it was him we know it was him. He said, I will not believe unless I put my hand in his hand. Unless I put my fingers in his side, I will not believe. I don't care what's happened to you. If it don't happen to me, I will not believe. That's how discouraged he was. That's how distressed he was. And eight days later, all the disciples, including Thomas, was in a house together. And Jesus didn't even, bother, didn't even bother knocking on the door. He just showed up in the middle of them. And he looked at Thomas and he said, behold my hands and behold my side. And Thomas eased over and put his hands in the hands of Jesus and touched the scars in the side of Jesus. And when he did, doubting Thomas became believing Thomas and said, my Lord and my God. He's not just your Lord and your God. He now is my Lord and my God. Have you had it with him being her God and her Lord? Are you done with him being his Lord and his God? And you're sitting over here crying every day, day after day, distressed and struggling. Are you tired of it? There is a spirit of reviving faith. There is a revival of restoration of faith that's sweeping this congregation, that's arriving on the scene and saying, okay, I know what you're going through. I know what you've been fighting. I know where you're at, but put your hand in my hand. Come on, somebody, put your hand in my hand. Let's talk a little while. Let's worship a little while. Just touch me, and when you touch me, you're gonna feel something happen. I'm gonna talk to myself. And when I'm in church, I will him at the house. I'm gonna slip over to where he's at and I'm gonna put my hand in his hand. I'm gonna talk to myself and I'm gonna say to myself, self, you're not sitting here any longer. You're not, you're not doubting any longer. You're not gonna sit here and deny any longer. Everybody else is saying he's a healer. He's a provider. He'll make a way when there's no way. But I gotta talk to myself a little while. If he done it for them, he can do it for me. If he touched them, he can touch me. If they felt him, I can feel him. I'm just gonna say to myself, you gotta get up. Because Jesus has showed up. All you have to do is get up. And you gotta go put your hand in his hand. I'm preaching the stuff you've been battling for years in your life. 
You lost your son, lost your daughter, lost your husband, lost your wife. Just great distress has cloaked you like a black cloud. You fought through this marriage for years. You're struggling right now in your home, in your family. In your health or on your job. And everybody just shooting arrows. I mean, we ain't saying it, but you think we're saying it. The devil's fabricating it. If you raise your hands, they're going to think you're hypocritical. You don't look the part. You don't act the part. So don't be a part. The enemy just throwing stuff at you. Just trying to get you to sit down, be quiet, go home. Show up and leave the same way you came. Just, just don't get nothing. Don't get anything. Just don't. Just, just. But today. On today. Jesus has showed up in the house. On today, Jesus has said, behold my hands. Behold my side. If you need a touch or if you need a healing, today's the day. It's a revival of restored faith. Because some of y'all are going to walk out of here saying, I believe. I believe. I believe God can do anything. I believe God can do everything. I believe, come on, there's people responding already. That's what I've been trying to preach here for the last 20 minutes. 30 minutes, I've been trying to preach. Somebody just needs to say, I believe. Somebody just needs to get your hand out there. Somebody just needs to take two or three steps toward him and say, I'm tired. Come on, that's right, receive it in Jesus' name. Your miracle can happen in an instant in the presence of God. There is a revival of restored faith. You're not going to die, you're going to live. You're going to be victorious. Come on, God is a healer. God is a healer. <laughs> Come on, that's right. Somebody lift your faith right now. How about that business adventure? How about that family, wayward family member? How about your marriage? It's a little bit, come on, God can align some things right now. How about a miraculous miracle you need in your body? Come on, somebody's got to step in those troubled waters. Somebody's got to have faith to believe. Somebody's got to put your hand in the hand of Jesus Christ. Come on, it's happening. It's happening. It's happening. I believe. I believe. Come on. I believe. I believe. Can somebody say, help my unbelief? But I do believe God is going to restore some faith here today. God is going to restore some encouragement here today. God is about to do a work in this house today. Come on, somebody rebuke doubt. Somebody rebuke discouragement. Somebody rebuke discouragement. Somebody rebuke addiction. Come on, somebody rebuke those spirits that would come against you. Come on, somebody speak a word of faith right now. I believe you, Lord. I believe you for the miracle. I believe you for the moment. I believe you for the healing. I believe you for the touch. Come on, I believe. I believe. 
I believe. I believe. I believe. Come on, talk to yourself. I'm coming out of this. Come on, talk to yourself. I'm not going to be this away. I'm not going back to do this life this away next week. It's going to be different in my house. <laughs> Come on, somebody got to talk to yourself. I'm not going to keep doing it this away. I believe. Come on, that's it. Revival in your mind. Revival in your mind. Revival in your mind. Resist the enemy. Resist the discouragement. Resist it. And he will flee from you. Come on, somebody. That's right. Come on, that's right. Put my faith in you, Lord. I put my trust in you, Lord. In the name of Jesus.